Welcome to episode 26 of the Automation Podcast, brought to you by InsightsInAutomation.com. I'm Sean Tanner, your host, and on today's show, we're going to talk about what is the best PLC for a beginner. So maybe you're new to the world of PLCs, or you know somebody who's just getting started, and you're looking to buy a PLC to learn on. Well, we're going to assume you're on a budget here, and you want to get the most bang for your buck. So let's take a look at a couple of different options we have. First of all, if you're looking for the most value for your money, I would have to recommend the Micro 810, and that's from Alan Bradley. This little PLC starts at about 85 bucks. Well, you're going to need the USB adapter. So let's say the total price comes out to somewhere around 100 bucks, And that gets you a small PLC, which you can program with free programming software from AB.com. The software is called Connected Components Workbench, or CCW for short. And it allows you to program via USB uh, in three programming languages, ladder logic, function block, and structured text. Now, the only downside about using a Micro 810, it's not the standard Allen Bradley instruction set. So in other words, if you're working in a facility where there's Slick 500s, MicroLogics, and PLC5, learning the Micro 810 is only going to get you so far. Yes, you'll learn basic PLCs. Yes, you'll learn basic ladder logic. But you're not going to be using the very popular RS Logics interface. So if you're just looking for the most bang for your buck, I highly recommend the Micro 810. Or if you have a little bit of extra money, the Micro 830 or 820. But if you're looking to learn what's, uh, what's already in your plant, then I'm going to go to option number two, and this is the MicroLogix 1000. So to get started with a MicroLogix 1000, you're looking at first probably the smallest unit, the 10-point unit, and that unit runs around $150 for the DC version. Uh, you can pick up a 24-volt DC power supply for, you know, 25 bucks. And then you also need a serial cable and USB cable. Figure that's another $40. I'll have links to all these generic cables I'm mentioning. These are the low-cost generic cables. I'll have links to all of them in the uh, blog post for this episode on theautomationpodcast.com. Now, if you're in a plant and you have the money, go ahead and buy the official Island Bradley cables. But if this is something you're funding yourself and you're going to use it at home, then check out these generic cables. I have tried and tested them all, and they all work very well. So once you get your MicroLogix 1000, you're going to go up to ab.com again, but you're going to look for RSLogix Micro Starter Lite Software. This is totally free software you can download and use to program your MicroLogix 1000. Actually, to program any MicroLogix 1000 or 1100. Another extra item you have available to you is free emulation software for the MicroLogix. Rockwell makes their RS Emulate 500 available for free on ab.com as well. So even if you didn't buy a PLC, you still could download the software, download the emulator, and make programs that you would run in the emulated software. So it's not as good as being able to wire up push buttons and pilot lights, but hey, you still get to play with it and check it out, see how it works. Now the downside of using a MicroLogix 1000, well, it's an older product. It came out in 1994, but it's still sold today. And it programs just like the Slick 500 and other MicroLogix. So just because it's older doesn't mean that it's, um, it's still not useful to help train you for some of the more expensive products you'll come across in industry. The other downside is, well, it uses serials. So like we just said, 
you got to buy some serial cables. And uh, most people don't have uh, serial ports on their computers these days. So in that case, you also need a USB to serial converter. Again, I'll put links to the inexpensive generic ones in the uh, blog post. But I just wanted to point that out, that it is an older unit that uses serial to program. Now, whether you choose the Micro 810 or the Micrologix 1000, you need to make some choices on the physical hardware you're going to buy. So the first question is, what do you want electrically? Do you want 120 volts so you can just plug your micro into the wall? Or do you want 24 volts because you want to keep everything low voltage and don't want a chance of zapping yourself, right? So those are some choices to make. Um, definitely if you're working with younger kids or if you're working with uh, somebody who has no experience with electricity, the 24 volt model is the cheapest and is probably the safest one to use. If you're doing a project yourself and you feel comfortable wiring up wall outlets and light switches and you're comfortable with 120 volts uh, electricity, I would recommend that model because built into that is 24 volt source power. So once you wire up your micro to 120 volts, it will provide 24 volts DC for your inputs. So let's say you have some push buttons, it'll provide the 24 volts DC for those push buttons, which you're going to wire to your inputs. Now, as far as the output side, I typically go with uh, relay. The downside with relays is their lifespan, right? So they physically open and close. And so they only can do that so many times. And uh, you're going to probably get about a quarter million operations out of them. Uh, the good news is you can use them with any voltage. So whether it's AC or DC, a relay will, you know, it's just a set of contacts. It'll pass whatever current you give it as long as it's within the rating of the contacts themselves. So those are the three things to consider. What do I want to power my micro with? What do I want my input circuits to be? Typically, you're going to choose 24 volts for anything that's uh, either a sensor or a push button. And then what am I going to turn on and off with the PLC? Contacts are easy. Again, unless you're blinking something, if you're going to blink, turn something on and off several times a second, then you definitely want to go with a transistor or a triac output because those are electronic outputs that have a much longer life than a set of uh, physical contacts. Well, that's it for this episode of the Automation Podcast. If you have any questions, comments, corrections, or suggestions, please don't hesitate to share them with us by replying to this episode's blog post at theautomationpodcast.com. And you can always stay up to date with all the Insights websites by visiting us at insightsandautomation.com. I'm your host, Sean Tierney, and until next time, peace.